Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Connor McDavid clapped back at John Tortorella. He was discussing Tortorella's take that Connor McDavid should change his game. But he was like, I'm not even dignifying that with a response. Sometimes smart people say stupid things. He had to have been referring to John Tortorella. Does John Tortorella actually believe that Connor McDavid needs to change his game? Do you think he actually believes that? This is the Rod Peterson Show. Oh, looky, looky. Welcome, everybody. It's a brand new week. It's the RP Show. It is uh, a Monday, November the 22nd. And I tell you, it's an historic day for the Rod Peterson Show today. And uh, I guess I'll tell you why right now. I'm here in South Florida. The Moose is on another remote location. And you're going to hear from him here in moments as we get rolling with the warm-up here for E. Cole Electric. Got a very special Monday show for you. Uh, on the way, retired NHL referee Tim Peel coming up here in hour one. He is the rules analyst at dailyfaceoff.com. That's what Tim Peel's up to now. And uh, coming up in hour two, CBC curling aficionado Devin Haru. And, um, you know, why belabor things? Let's bring the moose in right now. Darren Moose DuPont. He is at the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon, ready to bring you coverage of the Tim Hortons Canadian Curling Trials, which is also presented here on the RP Show by Core Grain. Hey, uh, Moose, how are things at Mission Control of Great Western Brewing Company? They are awesome, Rod. Um, I don't know how my hair is because I just took the hairnet off, but uh, it's pretty good. We just went on the tour, got to see how everything worked. We'll get some photos. I got some videos that Jordan got in there. Um, we'll get more live shots throughout the week from inside the brewery, but, uh, things are great. They're excited to have us. Oh, good, good. Well, I have to tell you this for our viewers got all set up here hours ago here in South Florida. And just before we went to show Moose, my screen just froze. Do you know that feeling, uh, when you've got too many windows open and your computer just says I'm out, uh, that happened moments ago. So I got it, I got it back going here. And but I don't have the comments rolling yet. So just tell for folks, I'll tell you, just bear with me and we'll get to your comments here in a moment in the warm up for E. Cole Electric. And uh, Moose, if you don't mind, let's get rolling. Director Jordan, can you hit the quick six show horn, please? Uh, We do have a little bit of something for everybody here in the warm up. But I'm going to start with the National Football League and our team's moose coming out of week 11 Sunday games. Clyde Edwards Hilaire ran for 63 yards and a touchdown in his return from injured reserve. Chris Jones and the Kansas City defense made life miserable for Dakota Prescott and the Kansas City Chiefs beat Dallas 19-9. If that was a Super Bowl preview, I'm not interested. Again, Dallas losing in Kansas City 19-9, and they sleptwalk through much of the game. My take, the Dallas Cowboys are not a Super Bowl contender as we sit here today. Your Tennessee Titans, however. Tyrod Taylor ran for two touchdowns and threw for 107 yards, and Houston snapped the NFL's longest active losing skid, beating Tennessee to end the league's longest winning streak. What was it, 22? uh, I wrote it down here, 22-13. Desmond King had two of the Texans' four interceptions. Three of them came in the fourth quarter. Moose, I'm not telling anything you don't know. But your Titans are now 8-3. and three. Their six-game win streak is snapped. And I would 
I've said what I think about the Cowboys. I would say your Titans have some splaining to do losing to that god-awful, whatever they are, masquerading as a pro football team. It was a case of everything that could go wrong did go wrong, you know, for Tennessee yesterday. Um, you know, it started, they drove down the field all the way into the red zone or just outside the red zone, and then an interception taken almost to the house, but then they punched it in for a touchdown. There was a punt. Chester Rogers was fielding the punt at the inside the five-yard line. He got out of the way, hit his heel. They picked it up, scored a touchdown. So, I mean, it wasn't as bad as, as getting beat by Houston as much as it was mistakes. But here's what I'll say for your Cowboys and my Titans. It shouldn't be panic mode because Dallas is without their top two receivers. They're starting left tackle, two of their best defensive linemen, you know, including Demarcus Lawrence. So Dallas is dealing with injuries, but so is Tennessee. No Derrick Henry. A.J. Brown didn't finish the game. Julio Jones is out. Nobody's had more man games lost to injury than Tennessee. Nobody's had more active players in and out of the lineup than Tennessee. So that part is really tough, but you can't lose to the Houston Texans, man. The Houston Texans. So it was, it, it's been a rough uh, 24 hours. Yeah, so, so both of our teams, who we thought were Super Bowl favorites, really stubbed their toe on Sunday. Anyways, moving on. Uh, the Moose is live from the Great Western Brewing Company. They're presenting our Tim Hortons Canadian Curling Trials coverage along with Core Grain. You see, I packed my Core Grain golf shirt. Doing the right thing for your farm. Um, Jennifer Jones and Tracy Fleury remain undefeated at the Canadian Olympic Curling Trials at Sastel Center. Jones improved to 3-0 with an 8-7 extra end win over Laura Walker in Sunday's late draw. And Fleury moved to 2-0 with an 8-6 victory over Kelsey Rock. The curling trials will determine which teams represent Canada at the Winter Olympics in Beijing. For those that don't know, this is a big deal. And they continue today with two draws. Brad Gushu takes his undefeated 2-0 record into a clash with John Epping. The uh, also unbeaten Brad Jacobs takes on winless Brendan Botcher. In the women's evening draw, 3-0 Jennifer Jones meets Casey Scheidegger. And Rachel Holman faces Kelsey Rock with both rinks looking for their first wins. Moose, you, uh, after we talked this morning, threatened that you were going down to Sastel Center briefly before the show. Did you end up making it, or are you waiting until after the program today? I'm going to go after the show. I did the brewery tour this morning instead, but I was watching last night, a lot of it, actually, and, you know, the late one with Jennifer Jones went to an extra end, and she kind of escaped with the win because it was there was a heavy stone, and they were sweeping it early. They just completely misjudged it in the extra end, so she uh, ended up stealing one in the extra, but... Uh, that Brendan Botcher game with Brad Jacobs today is going to be really interesting. Brendan Botcher, right, coming off the win at the uh, at the uh, the Briar, but he's Owen too, so that's a little bit of a shock. Our girl Rachel Holman's Owen too, uh, but she'll she'll snap out of that. And same with our, our boys Matt Dunstone, Owen two to start without Braden Muscawi. So uh, it's been a fun uh, uh, opening couple of days, and I'm looking to get to the rink here this afternoon. Good stuff. Well, uh, I was traveling yesterday, so I didn't get to watch much NFL, but I was able to watch on my phone a lot of the curling trials, courtesy TSN. So thank you, TSN. Anyways, moving on to point three and his NHL from Sunday. Defenseman Ryan Lindgren barely beat the third period buzzer to lift the New York Rangers to a 5-4 victory over the Buffalo Sabres Sunday night in Manhattan. Steven Stamko scored the lone shootout goal while Brian Elliott stopped three shootout shots to give Tampa Bay a 5-4 win over Minnesota after blowing a late two-goal lead. Marc-Andre Fleury stopped 40 shots in his first shutout of the season to give Chicago a 1-0 win over Vancouver. 
Jaden Schwartz had a goal and three helpers, and the Seattle Kraken beat the Washington Capitals 5-2 to snap a six-game losing streak. The Kraken going to be here Saturday night in sunrise. Former Bruins goalie Dan Vladar stopped 27 shots for his second career shutout. Andrew Mangiapane scored a shorthanded goal in the third period, and Calgary beat Boston 4-0 for its seventh shutout in 19 games. And I'm so happy, Moose, that those Flames fans that asked to Jacob Markstrom and Vladar were a flash in the pan. I very confidently said, no, they're not. These goalies are that good. But it's the commitment to defense. I think we know enough about hockey that it's not just about the goalies. This is Daryl Sutter hockey. And I'm glad that they're very excited in Calgary about the play of the Flames. And the other game from Sunday, Mitch Marner scored twice. And Joseph Wall stopped 20 shots for his first career shutout as Toronto beat the New York Islanders 3-0. Now, our poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, sorry to take Moose off the graphic here, but uh, or maybe they're not going to, uh, which is fine. Can There you go. For Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, that's the poll question today. Can the New York Islanders overcome this 5-8-2 and two start and make the playoffs? And I believe it was producer Clark that came up with that in our morning meeting, if I'm not mistaken, Clark, right? Great question. It's really got it's really got people talking. And let me just pull up the Twitter results. Uh, 63% of respondents on Twitter say, yes, the Islanders can overcome this 5-8-2 and two start and, and make the playoffs. Darren, I got to say this, and I'll get your take. It's only three games below 500. I watched the Islanders play at Florida the other night in their last game of 13 straight on the road. They had nothing left. And I saw, because Clark alerted me to it, Islanders fans this morning burning their jerseys in burning barrels in New York because the Islanders have lost six in a row. Come on, man. 13 straight on the road to open this season before they got into their new arena, which this weekend they opened up with back-to-back blowout home losses. This is a team that went to Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Final last year, only to lose to the defending Stanley Cup champion. The Islanders are still that good, but that's my take. Uh, What's yours? I my take is I don't know. I, I think I need more time because of that 13 game swing on the road and now back in a new building. I did think getting home into the new building would be enough for them to, you know, have a little extra and then play a little bit better. But the two losses in that new building are a little bit concerning. The the only the big thing for me that's concerning because we've seen everybody wants to go back and talk about St. Louis being in last place. And in January, and then getting up into the Stanley Cup and winning the Stanley Cup. But the only thing for me with the Islanders that will make it difficult is they are in that really, really tough division. There are so many good teams in the division that if you get behind, you know, it's going to be really hard to get back on top and to overtake some of these teams ahead of them. So um, they're not out of the woods, um, but it's not over yet either. Way too early for that. So, but it's the division, the tough division for me. That's the biggest concern. Again, this is the warm-up presented by Ecold Electric. It's the Golden Corral of Sports Talk. We have a little bit of something for everybody. My cousin Christine is watching in Medicine Hat, and she points out the Raptors one win and one loss over the weekend. Yes, Chris, stay tuned for the sports update because I will recap that. Clark's dad is watching, Rod Monroe, and he says, Hey, Rod, how about those Colts? How about those Colts? They are killing everybody by double digits. I don't know where that came from, but if you let's just say that uh, coming out of training camp, 
They said Carson Wentz was going to be gone for 12 weeks. Remember with that foot injury? Uh Uh-uh. I saw him live with my own two eyes here in Miami. The Indianapolis Colts are a real deal. And Rod Monroe, I didn't know that you were that big of a fan. So enjoy the ride. Uh, Clay Bombing is watching in Brandon, Manitoba. By the way, I got the comments to work, as you can tell, Moose. Clay says, the Canada West final with dumps. uh, Dumps. That's a good one. With dupes (laughs) and dunk. I... Was can, awesome. Can coverage. that nickname not stick, please? Dumps. Bingo. I like it. This one, the two of you together. Here comes Dumps. Um, hang on. That's actually my sixth point, the Hardy Cup, and all the university quarterfinals across this country. But I'm I'm still rolling here. Again, it's the warm-up for Ecole Electric. I'm in South Florida. Moose is at the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon as part of our Tim Hortons curling trials coverage. I do want to talk about CFL Week 16, and we got plenty of time here left in this segment to talk about it as we roll ahead to the semifinal weekend this upcoming weekend. Um, I'll read the scores. Ottawa, a surprise in Montreal, winning Friday night, 1918. That eliminated the Alouettes. It gave Hamilton second place without Hamilton even having to take the field the next day. It, frankly, eliminated any of the drama going into Week 16. The only drama that was left, the Red Blacks killed it. Uh, Edmonton was blown out in BC 43-10. So a bit of a nice thing for the Lions to end the season. Snapped, what was it, a seven-game losing streak, I think. Then on Saturday, Saskatchewan lost in Hamilton 24-3. But for a late field goal, Saskatchewan would have been blown out. And uh, Winnipeg fell at Calgary 13-12. There is a football scout in the States, probably watching right now, that did text me yesterday and said, Rod, is this, are the CFL games less entertaining? Is the entertainment value declining? And I said, I don't want to get into that right now. This is semifinal weekend. The CFL, COVID or not, generally shines come playoff time. Darren, uh, Darren, you and I have talked about that in the past. Semifinal weekend, division final weekend, the Grey Cup, usually great games. Stadiums, usually full. Ratings, usually high. But I'm not going to say that the entertainment level hasn't declined. That Winnipeg game I just mentioned, Four field goals by Sergio Castillo Saturday night at McMahon Stadium in Calgary. Four field goals. That was all they did for scoring. But three field goals for the Dallas Cowboys yesterday in the 19-9 loss at Kansas City. So I don't necessarily think this is a CFL thing. There are some games that are dogs. But I just feel that right now isn't the time to have that discussion. What say you? Yeah, it's not. I I agree. I think the uh, Canadian Football League is going to be really exciting in the playoffs. We've talked about that. I know you and I are going to be dialed into it, so that's really exciting. And we were talking about this in the weekend. And I don't think it's a Canadian football thing because the Hardy Cup, university football has been outstanding. It's been so entertaining back and forth. It's been what the CFL used to be, you know, prior to this year. So I I hope this is just a one-year bump in the road, an anomaly but it's just a CFL issue. It is not a Canadian football issue. Canadian football is very entertaining. Oh, the warm-up brought to you by Ecole Electric. As always, come see our sales staff and in-house specialists for all your electrical needs. I'm going to pause. Uh, when we come back, we're going to take a little bit more of a look at the CFL playoffs. Also talk about the Hardy Cup from Saturday, which Darren called the Yates Cup with Western moving on and the Loney Bowl with St. Francis Xavier moving on out in the Atlantic Conference. But let's get to the photo album and the time that we have left for the weekend here. RP Show 
photo album presented by Great Western Brewing. Extra smooth, extra refreshing. Find Original 16 at a store near you today. So there you go. Oh, that's me. Okay. So they wanted the weekend photos. That was from yesterday. And that was a nice sight at the Tirana Airport heading back to South Florida. That's, the, that's all I had. That's all I could give. Now, this so is this, you, Moose? Explain. Explain. Yeah. This is this is game day morning. Hardy Cup in Saskatoon on the weekend. Uh, beautiful. Saskatoon, that, that stadium is awesome for university football. Uh, and then the game. So we'll get the game shot up here. This was in the middle of the game. Got this shot in. Great crowd. Uh, the weather was actually pretty good. It was sunny. Wind picked up later uh, in the game as it got a little cooler. But just an awesome place for, for university football in this country. There's our crew. That's the, the people behind the scenes. You can see Dan Plaster. You'll see that second from the right. With me and Justin Dunk and Dave Roberts and Chantel Shand and uh, Dave Thomas and um, Doug McLean and Rusty and Todd and uh, everybody else. And then this is, uh, this is from the Delta this morning. Uh, this is the view from the hotel. Uh, we're right downtown by the river. So big thanks to the Delta Marriott downtown Saskatoon for hosting us and helping us uh, provide this great coverage from uh, Saskatoon. And there's you got to blow that one up, I think or zoom it out because that's the original 16 founders. we got to get them all in there. Um, there you go. There's the shot. Um, that's right here in the brewery. That's up on the wall. They're really proud of uh, those guys and girls. So uh, I think that's the last shot. So uh, that's my weekend. Yes, absolutely. Quite a weekend. That's the photo album for Great Western Brewing Company. Great Western, extra smooth, extra refreshing. Find Original 16 at a store near you today. We'll delve more deeply into the CFL semifinal weekend upcoming because it's upon us. The betting lines are out from Bet Regal. We'll talk more about these university football games, uh, the conference championships on the weekend. We'll be right back. You are watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, live streaming on YouTube and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. The RP Show continues on this Monday, episode number 616 of Canada's daytime sports talk show coming to you from my end, South Florida. Moose is at the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon. We'll be joining up with him shortly. And while uh, we await Darren's return, we'll jump into the sports update, as I promised earlier. Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins combined for 65 points, and the Golden State Warriors beat the Toronto Raptors 119-104. Pascal Siakam scored 21, and Fred Van Vliet had 17 for the Raps. Toronto was dropped 15 of the last 17 at Golden State. Toronto continues their six-game road trip Wednesday at Memphis. Justin Herbert threw a 53-yard touchdown pass to Mike Williams late in the game, and the L.A. Chargers held off the Pittsburgh Steelers 41-37. Herbert threw for 382 yards and three touchdowns. He also had 90 yards rushing, the most by a Chargers quarterback in a game. Ben Roethlisberger threw three touchdowns for Pittsburgh. And our curling coverage for Core Grain, doing the right thing for your farm and for Great Western Brewing Company. Jennifer Jones and Tracy Fleury remain undefeated at Canada's Olympic curling trials in Saskatoon. Jones improved to 3-0. and 
with an 8-7 extra end win over Laura Walker in Sunday's late draw. And Flurry moved to 2-0 with an 8-6 victory over Kelsey Rock. The curling trials determine which teams represent Canada at the Winter Olympics in Beijing. The sports update for, for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games. Book your group or business Christmas party now for the Tap Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store and for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. I mentioned that we were going to talk about the CFL playoffs, and we will in this second segment. But the Moose has rejoined us in Saskatoon where he called Saturday's Hardy Cup. I watched it, Darren. Great job, Saskatchewan Huskies. Really tearing apart Manitoba 45-17, but it was a four-point game at halftime. So I want you to explain what you thought worked so well for the Huskies in the second half. And for our Eastern viewers, in the Yates Cup, Western Mustangs blew out Queens 29-0. And in the Loney Bowl, St. FX defeated Bishops 25-17. So what was your experience calling the Hardy Cup? You'll like this. Your friend Perry will like this, or our friend. Um, Mason Nias, the Huskies quarterback, I think showed a lot of resiliency in the game. I mean, he threw an interception. There was a couple of mistakes, and all of a sudden Manitoba was up 16 nothing. But that happened last year. So, you know, in 2019, when they went into Calgary and lost 29-4, to Mason started that game, and they were favored to win, the Huskies were. And he ran into some problems. And whether it was inexperience or whatever, they couldn't get out of their own way. Calgary won. Well, this game, completely different. They took a couple of shots uh, early and, and were down. But then Mason just stayed patient. Adam Mackart, the all-star, kept running the football well. He had over 200 yards total on the ground. Um, and they just did the little things well. Colton Kloss and Sam Baker. And their defense is really good, too. Manitoba was unfortunately you know, playing a, a rookie quarterback. Jackson Tachinski, who had been playing all year, and he had done such a great job. But in this game, they were just a little bit overmatched. The Huskies were a better team. The future looks really bright for the Bisons moving forward. They should get Des Catelier back next year. But Saskatchewan is physical. They go after the football. They got a linebacker, Nick Weeb, who last year in January was playing in the Fiesta Bowl with the Oregon Ducks. Transferred back home. He's now with the, with the Huskies, starring on that defense. They're very, very good, and uh, they just continued to play well, stuck to the game plan, and uh, and it was a dominating win for the Huskies. They're going to be a very good team next week against the Montreal Carabans, the number one team in the country. Um, some people think the Huskies should be ranked number one, so that'll be a good game. They got a really strong shot at a Vanier Cup. They appear to be the real deal. So uh, thank you for yeah. the update. Now, the text line is open. You can write us all hours of the day at 902-518-3033. The text line to the RP Show. DG writes in from Saskatoon, says, Morning, guys. Things looking good for an all-Canadian Super Bowl. The LA Chargers have a roster with two CFL alums in Ty Long and Tavon Campbell, plus four other Canadians, Covington, Palmer, Ogbong, Bamiga, and Hunter. Tops in the NFC are the Arizona Cardinals, who feature coach Cliff Kingsbury, GM Steve Keim, and backup quarterback Chris Strebler, all CFL alums. As well, there is a connection with Kyle Nelson, whose dad Mark and Grandpa Roger both played in the CFL too. Pretty cool. Signed, DG in Saskatoon. Well, this is just the most important time of the year in Canadian football. And if it was a normal year, we'd be heading into Grey Cup Weekend, it's not a normal year because of COVID. Obviously, we're just heading into semifinal weekend this year, and that's 
What I'd like to talk about right now, Darren, I don't know if you've had a chance or if you saw the commentary this morning at rodpeterson.com that the betregal.net betting lines are out. And for Hamilton, home to Montreal, Eastern semifinal. For betregal.net, the Ticats are favored by four. And in the Western semifinal, it is the Calgary Stampeders at the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And Saskatchewan's favored by 1.5. And my initial thought on that was, come on, bet Regal odds makers, get off the fence. 1.5 is nothing. I mean, like, what do you think about, about those betting lines? No, oh, we lost the moose. Oh, we'll get him back. We'll get him back. I'm just, uh, 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 and we lost the comments here too. Internet issues. Well, let's see. I can handle this while we uh, maintain or reestablish connection with the moose at the Great Western Brewery in Saskatoon. On the Saskatchewan thing, Riders losing 24 to 3 at Hamilton on Saturday. Yeah, they didn't play their best game. Isaac Harker throwing two interceptions in a losing cause. Saw Mason Fines come in after Harker started. And um, I, my phone was blowing up from Ryder fans that were very upset. I think just with the fact that they lost. They were talking about bad bad tackling. The interceptions, obviously, from Isaac Harker and that he hasn't earned a new contract once this season is up. And Darren has rejoined us. We'll bring him in here. Um, Darren, I, I just don't think in any way, shape, or form should the Ryder fans be worried about Saskatchewan's performance in the last game of the year, a game where they left their quarterback at home, their best receiver at home. Uh, I don't know your thoughts on that, but I just I don't think that is in any way an indication as to how they're no. going to come out on this weekend when they host the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah, I shouldn't be worried about it. For me, when I read that, that line of 1.5, I'm like, the odds makers aren't really sure what to do with this game. You know, Saskatchewan, they're a higher seed. So you want to make them the betting favorite. And it's not about who the, let's remember this. It's not about who the odds makers think is going to win the game or who is favored to win and, and who's the better team as much as it's about what line do we set that entices betters to bet on both sides of this thing. So I think there's a lot of value for Calgary because they, Played so well against Saskatchewan in the regular season, especially as of late. They seem to have gotten their game together. So in a lot of you know ways and areas, Calgary should be favored in this football game. But it's in Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan has some experience. They still have weapons. You know, they've rested some starters, sure, but they're very capable and they're the high seed. They've earned it. So they maybe they should be favored. So it kind of flits in the middle at 1.5. I think you're going to have some people saying, okay, I think Saskatchewan can win this by two or more points. And you'll have a lot of people saying, I think Calgary can win at that, this football game. So it should balance out the betting. That's the goal of the odds. But um, yeah, it's a tough one. It just seems like just because they finished ahead and, and are at home will make Saskatchewan the favorite because we should. But Calgary could easily be 1.5 or 3-point favorites too. Either way, it's a close uh, margin. Well, I think if anybody gets into the betting lines, you'll be hearing it this week amongst your friends, not yours, Darren, but the viewers. If people talk about betting and you're CFL fans, you're going to hear this. Well, the home team always gets 3.5 points. I just heard it not that long ago that automatically the home team gets 3.5. 
So if Bet Regal's installed uh, Saskatchewan as 1.5 favorites, then the odds makers must think Calgary's the better team coming in. What did Johnny Avello tell us from DraftKings? He's like, where did that come from, that 3.5 home thing? He goes, no, that's not a thing. Do you agree with him? I mean, he's an odds maker. Yeah. So I would tend to agree with him. But um, yeah. I think you just kind of laid it out well there that this is to entice people to make the bet. But I also want to say something, too, by the way, before you jump in on that. I'm feeling pretty good about my CFL West Division predictions. I had uh, Winnipeg first, and they romped. They had it sewn up a month ago. Saskatchewan second, Calgary third. And then I had the Edmonton Elks fourth, BC Lions fifth. And all you got to do is swap them, and I was right on. You look at the way their records ended. Edmonton 3-11, and 11, BC Lions 5-9. and nine. Both teams stunned that they're missing the playoffs and were so bad. First time in almost a decade there hasn't been a crossover, Darren. And I'm feeling pretty good that I had Saskatchewan picked for eight wins. They finished with nine. And it's a Western Canadian-based talk show, so uh, we'll leave it out there. Your thoughts on how this regular season concluded in the CFL West? Yeah, for sure. Um, what we saw is rookie head coaches struggle a little bit. You know, our first-year head coaches with new teams, young coaches uh, struggle a little bit, and that maybe should have been expected a little more than we than it was. Um, yeah, BC was a was a surprise. They had a really good stretch in the middle of the year, and I'm like, okay, this team's for real. Um, they're going to be great cup contenders, and then that didn't happen. You know, Edmonton. We thought that roster was looking really good. You know, we thought they were going to be a very good football team. Didn't turn out. Calgary, the other way, not dominating. That was a shock. Um, but Winnipeg, not a surprise. Saskatchewan, where they are, not a surprise. Thought maybe have a few more, it'd be a little more convincing. That's why Ryder fans are upset. They're not quite convinced that this team is, is, is great. But we know they're good. Um, and then out east, I mean, Hamilton, we thought they would be dominant really dominant one of the best teams in the canadian football league they haven't been top to bottom start to finish and be they're in the dance um and it's just been a tough year for ottawa so no it's been a, it's been really good i don't think there it's it's overly uh wild the way things finished but uh some surprises by the way back to our poll question for a moment and producer clark please let me know when i need to break and we'll get tim peel in our next guest today Oh, anytime. Okay. Um, you know what, Moose? I'm going to let you go. I'll get to Joe Lazito's comment, the biggest Islanders fan who watches the show. I'll get to that after the break. Our poll question today for Capital Auto Mall Universal Collision Center is, can the Islanders overcome this 5-8-2 and two start and make the playoffs? And at the moment, on Twitter, 61% of you saying, yes, they can. Do you have the YouTube results, Clark, or no? And put me down as a yes, by the way, that 61%. How many? 70? 70% saying yes, YouTube voters, that yes, the Islanders can overcome this. Joel Ozito's got thoughts. We'll get to that a little later on. We'll take a pause, and when we come back, retired NHL referee Tim Peel. Chats with refs are always great. That's coming up next. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube, live streaming, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rob. Welcome back to the RP Show, everybody. Brand new week opening up here. Uh, episode number 616 of Canada's daytime sports talk show, ironically broadcasting from South Florida, where the Panthers are home Wednesday night to the Philly Flyers, and uh, I'll be there. Our next guest is Tim Peel. His Twitter bio says retired NHL referee, rules analyst at dailyfaceoff.com in mortgage broker in St. Louis, Missouri. And it is a pleasure to welcome Tim Peel to the program today. Tim, thanks for the time. Good to see you, my man. And uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to open up. I'm going to open up right here. Yeah, with our poll question. And I I don't know how comfortable you are with answering it as an impartial referee, but can the New York Islanders come back from this 5-8-2 start in that Metropolitan Division and make the playoff? I think they do. They're, they First of all, they have one of the best GMs in the league in Lou Lamorello. Wherever he goes, he wins. And Barry Trott is really an incredible coach. First of all, he was I, – I last year towards the end of my season, I wasn't going to see the Islanders again. And I said – I went over to the bench and I said, Trotsy and the whole the player – the bench was listening. And I said – I would referee you guys 82 games a year. He goes, why is that to me? And I go, you never hear a peep from him. You never hear a peep from the bench. They are so disciplined and structured. And all they think of, they, the, the officials are the last thing that they're thinking about. And they're just, they you know, they started two weeks on the road or three weeks on the road. That's really difficult. And they're back in a new building, but then they've got a bunch of players on COVID protocol. And I think that it, I think we'll see over the next 30 to 45 days once they get some players back. I wouldn't be surprised at all if I saw them go on a seven and one run, an eight and two run. They're just too good of a team and too well structured. Yeah. And only three games below 500. Not only me, am I shocked at the, the discussion, I'm shocked that Islanders fans are burning their jerseys and burning barrels. That's the photos we've seen on Instagram. And by the way, I guess you would be a perfect guy to ask. Those Islanders fans seem a little unstable at times. Who, Tim, in your mind, having worked in every NHL arena multiple times, has the not un- most unstable but craziest fans, most rabid fans? Well, have, did you ever go to the old building in Long Island? No, one of the Coliseum. few. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. The, it's it's separated. The Marriott is separated by a parking lot, and that's where all the fans would tailgate. And I had an afternoon game there once. Uh, it was a Saturday afternoon. Pittsburgh was in town. It was in the first or second round of the playoffs. Went into overtime, and I gave Pittsburgh a power play in overtime. Sidney Crosby got hooked or tripped. And, of course, Pittsburgh scores in the power play. Now, we have to walk across the parking lot to go back to our hotel. And we needed a police escort to get us back. And, and I can't even repeat what some of the fans were saying, but it was pretty it was pretty uh, uh, bad. But you know what? I'm trying to think of, you know, all the Canadian cities that I worked in. You know, I loved working in the Canadian cities because, they were such knowledgeable hockey fans. And I remember going to Atlanta when Atlanta was there. And just because a player fell, the fans would boo and they'd carry on. The Canadian hockey fans are some of the most smartest hockey fans in the league. And so, I, I, you know what? All of them, 
I like all of them. A lot of a lot of people didn't like working in Philadelphia. I loved working in Philadelphia. You know, we, we know the story where they they snowballed uh, Santa Claus at the Eagles game years ago, and they're known to be unruly fans. But I got I I really developed a good relationship with the fans there over the years, and I liked working in all the buildings. You know, speaking of what you're enjoying now, uh, I'd ask you how retirement life is, and then I will ask you that, but seeing you go back and forth with the media on explaining rules calls to the media or fans or whomever needs it seems to be a real thrill for you, Tim, and I'm sure it is. I think was it Ken Campbell from the Hockey News you were clarifying on the weekend? I think it was Ken Campbell. He couldn't understand an Correct. offside call, and you, you pointed it out, uh, which I think is infinitely entertaining. You can make a full-time job out of correcting people on Twitter, on NHL rules. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. And even when I was on the ice, I would hear announcers uh, talk about a certain play and or a certain call, and 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 it's no fault of their own. But well, maybe it is. But most of them don't know the rules, and the fans certainly don't understand the nuances of the rules. And that offside play was was a a, a different play. It wasn't black and white, and you know, I, I enjoy it because I'm not, listen, if our officials mess up, I'll, I'll go on Twitter and say they got the call wrong. But in instances where not only did the linesman get the call right, but after hockey ops looked at the play in Toronto, they deemed that it was a good, uh, a good goal and that the play was onside. So uh, it's, it's, it's not to be, uh, Hey, I'm right. And, because I'm going to make mistakes, but there are a lot of most of the fans and a lot of the media will tell you that they don't know the rules, and that's why we have a rules expert on ESPN now. That's why we have a rules expert on TNT. Uh, I'm doing it with Frank Cervelli at, at Daily Faceoff. I think you're going to see more of that because people, you know, especially during hockey games, whether it's Hockey Night in Canada, and we talk about the power play and we talk about the penalty kill. A lot of fans kind of tune out when that comes on. But I think if they had an official on there that explained why a call was made, why it was missed, maybe there were three or four bodies in front of the ref. He didn't get a good sight line on it. You know, our guys are human. And for whatever reason, hockey officials seem to get beat up the most out of any sport. There's no doubt. In my mind, I'm just, I'm going, I, you're probably right. And and I, I answer this to the best you can, Tim, but I just wonder what referees think about video replay just the existence of it let alone how far it's come for instance i'm watching jets and oilers the other night in winnipeg my good friend chris schlenker former captain of the regina pats i called their games for 15 years no goal goaltender interference dave tippett challenges they overturn it and it's a goal if you know the one i don't know if you know the one i'm talking about dry sidle uh, yep. on the five on four power yep. play and i thought mm-hmm. man it's just it's it's correcting refs' mistakes, and for lack of a better term, making them look bad, even though nobody's perfect. How do the officials feel about the advent of video replay and the way it's being used now in the NHL? No, that's a good question, Rod. You know, I, I, I re- you're absolutely right about uh, making the refs feel bad. I would say that was not that the league was trying to make us look bad, but as an official, I would feel bad and I would feel embarrassed when they first brought it in that I couldn't get the, the correct call in real time and that it took somebody to dissect it and look at it in Toronto to get the call right. 
But I remember I was doing a game in, in New York at Madison Square Gardens one night, and I missed a goalie interference call on Henrik Lundqvist. And, and it was the, the deciding goal. This is before we had video review. And everybody thinks, you know, I felt terrible after the game. They lost the game 3-2. I felt terrible. And everybody thinks the officials just go back to the hotel and have a couple beers and forget about it. But that wasn't the case. Uh, it bothered me for three or four days. I had that pit in my stomach. So when they brought it in, and certainly the last few years, it's nothing but good for the game because it's so funny when quite often the official gets it wrong on the ice. They go to Toronto. They get off the headset. They go after further review. The goal uh, counts, doesn't count, whatever. And even though the official got the call wrong originally, quite often the first thing that the announcer says was, good job on the officials. They got the call right. And at the end of the day, that's all we want because we do not want, you know, we've got, we, we brought in uh, offside challenges a few years ago because we had a couple goals in the playoffs that were offside and determine the outcome of the game. And at the end of the day, we just want to get the call right. And I don't know if you remember the play in 2019 when the Blues won the cup. And it was game mm-hmm. three or four in St. Louis against the San hooking Jose. in the offensive zone. The hooking in the offensive zone on Tyler Bozak no, when they no. called the go back. Oh, it was the hand pass by Timo Meyer in overtime to a fellow Shark player, and they put it in the net. And the game ended. You know, San Jose went ahead in that series, and I was a standby official for that game, and we're watching it on the on the TV in the room, and I'm like, this is not good. And everybody in the stadium can see it. They're looking at it on the jumbotron. Everybody from China to the to North America is able to see the review, the replay. All the coaches, all the players are looking at the replay on the bench. But the only four p- people that in the world that couldn't see the replay were the four officials on the ice. And that's when the league that summer said, you know what, we need to change some things because we can't have games ending like this. And and I will say, three of the four of those officials that were working that game had all done prior Stanley Cups. They were very good officials. They just made a mistake. They just missed it. And that, that happened. So video replay is good for our, our game. And, uh, you know, it's frustrating sometimes when a goal is scored in, in, in the home building and the fans are going crazy and then all of a sudden it's reviewed and it, it it's taken away. Kind of sucks the energy out of the building. But at the end of the day, like I said earlier, it, as long as we get it right, it's good for the game. Everybody says that, and I agree. Tim, I've loved the discussion. Hope we can do it again soon. Glad you're doing so well. Sounds good, Rod. I, I when you when I came on, I said that does not look like Saskatchewan in the background. So I'm glad you clarified that with me. Sunrise, Florida, the best you've been. You know what I'm talking about. Good Thanks to you. Thanks for having me on. Well, retired NHL official Tim Peel joining us from St. Louis today. When we come back, Taco Time viewer takeover. You're watching the RP Show from South Florida on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Welcome back, everybody. It is hour one 
RP Show continues on this Monday, November the 22nd, and it is time for a lot of your favorite segment, the Taco Time Viewer Takeover. Hey, online ordering is available now. Try it today at Taco Time and get a free burrito on your first order. Use promo code FREEBURRITO, one word, when you sign up. Again, it is Taco Time Viewer Takeover. You bet. And the boys telling me at home, that for whatever reason, comments are down today, but the text line is open. I mean, there's a million ways that you can get a hold of us here on the RP Show. And I said that I would address this Islanders poll question today, and it ties in with our viewers here. Can the Islanders overcome this 5-8-2 and two start and make the playoffs? For Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, 60% on Twitter saying, yes, they can. 70% of YouTube viewers saying, yes, they can. Joe Lazito. Watching on Long Island, texting in right now, says, Hey, Rod, my level of concern for the Islanders is mild, and it has more to do with the division than the team. This past weekend, 25% of the team were call-ups from the AHL because so many players tested positive for COVID. To me, the key will be how they come out of the Olympic break. If they're in the hunt and come out hot, I give them as good a chance as anyone. Coming out cold spells doom for any organization. Last minute, last minute of play in hour one. Randy watching in Winnipeg on the text line says, I hope the Islanders make the playoffs. I bought a futures ticket on them to win the cup three weeks ago. LOL. Oh, I can only imagine no. that was with I can only imagine that was with Bet Regal. Coming up next hour, we'll go more deeply into the curling trials. Talk coming up of a new arena in Saskatoon as well. The viewers want to get our take on that. Devin Haru will join us from CBC. I want to talk about tonight's uh, featured game too. It's Monday Night Football Giants at the Bucks tonight. Six NHL games. Plenty of fun coming up after this break in Hour 2 for Core Grain and Great Western here on Game Plus TV. For more Rod Peterson On Demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.